We'll begin our evening worship in singing together in Psalm 98 from verses 1 to 4. And it's in the Scottish Psalter. Oh, sing a new song to the Lord. As you know yourself, singing a new song is not coming up with a new song, but it's singing a song in a new way. And uh, so we're going to sing a new song. This will be, as it were, a new song for us singing. Oh, sing a new song. Or sing again to the Lord, for wonders he hath done, his right hand and his holy arm, him victory hath won. In a minute we'll pray just uh, maybe just to share something with you from our friends in, in India and maybe was mentioning in prayer. It's very easy for you and me to believe but uh, the friends in India it's very different and so as, as I maybe mentioned in prayer this morning and it's been going on since but over a hundred people have been murdered In you, you haven't seen any of that on the BBC. Nothing on the national media, nothing on the world media. And as I maybe mentioned this morning, on 3rd and 4th of May, as planned, 133 churches were burnt to the ground. Now you're talking about a church like the cathedral in Inverness. They took it apart brick by brick. And they, now these are not people, you know, they're not country bumpkins. 
these are Christians are scientists and business people and they've been uh, they've gone round with huge gas canisters and just thrown them into churches and set the place on fire and today we've been praying earlier as some of our friends indicated that a hundred thousand we call it in India we call it one lakh we work with crores and lakhs a hundred thousand people were to, to gather Hindus were to gather in Udaipur today we don't know if it's happened or not to do the same to obliterate the churches so I get on my phone and you know I just say this again brothers and sisters because it's easy to believe you know there are seats empty here because why should we bother to worship God but I've had to watch and I couldn't sleep for two nights I've had to watch a pastor getting his head beaten against the pavement I've had to watch someone jumping on his ribcage but he is not going to give up the faith you know, it matters to him when you go to one of these Indian towns and you've been saved. You've been freed often from illness and demons. You know, salvation matters to these people in a way it doesn't. You know, my friends who are not here tonight are in Tesco's or watching TV because it's cheap, it's easy. But to them, Christ matters because they've had a real and vital experience of God. And I say that to you, brothers and sisters, as I say it to my own soul. It sort of revitalizes. And so the text this afternoon was them loading food in Dimapur, way up in the northeast, and taking it into these towns. The government has given them nothing, absolute nothing. The, the Prime Minister and all the people have just sat and watched it all happening. The army are there, 10,000 military are there doing absolutely nothing. So we'll pray for that if that's okay and we'll pray together. Father, we bow in your presence. Father, you know that when I've asked you this last week gone by, how can you let that happen to that young pastor on the film? I realised the answer you gave me was the same thing happened to my son. Father, we struggle to understand. We long for heaven. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would come. We pray for all these pastors and the many people who have been beaten in all the states, but especially in Uttar Pradesh. Father, we pray for their protection. We pray that you would bring the authorities to account. Father, we do realise the world's media has purposely not process this information and the Christians there feel all on their own Father we pray that you would intervene that you would bring to confusion this government that is so biased and brutal and have invaded the Supreme Court the High Court the military and the police for the first time ever that they've invaded all these institutions Lord our God, there is no other hope but you. And Father, you know that your people there have been pleading with you and we long that you would intervene. Father, we thank you for no news from Udaipur today where they shut the churches down out of fear. And probably 50,000, 60,000 people didn't worship. 
Lord, we do thank you for revivals that go on in India, and we do pray that you would continue that. We pray that you would revitalize our people. Father, we want to come to you this evening and say we bless you for what your son went through for our sakes. We bless you for his willingness to take the spittle. Father, we know that this all happened. We have it recorded and we live in the year 2023 since his days. Father, we thank you for your son. We thank you for his strength, his power, his ability to walk through the masses who tried to throw him off the hill outside Nazareth. We thank you for his grace. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Our God, we as a company of your people, want to join together tonight to say we love your son. We love to see the way he has worked. We love to see the way he has given himself. We think on how this world is so soft. We see these sportsmen who think they're rugged and powerful and they compare nowhere with your son who has laid down his life for others. We worship him. We adore him. We find no one else we want to follow. We realise every celebrity is weak. Every world leader is flawed. But your son is the one we want to follow. The one we want to become like. Father, please accept from ourselves here in North Keswick praise, adoration, sheer thanks for what you've done for us. Father, we are so sad that some people's eyes have not been opened and they trivialise Christ into a swear word. Father, we're amazed that blasphemy is not allowed with one person's name but with Christ it is allowed and the BBC encourages it filmmakers love it but Father we realise that everyone that takes your name in vain you will hold them accountable Father we realise what a terrible end their end is going to be because we realise it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Our Father, we are grateful for the knowledge that you offer us salvation. Father, we accept it. We want to say to you tonight, Lord, tonight, Lord that our hope, my hope, our hope, is that the punishment you exacted on your Son is enough to forgive all my sins. Not the ones I see, Father, but the ones you see. And we all put our hope in that, Father. Our hope and trust is that your word is trustworthy and you will accept us as redeemed, as saved, as heaven-bound. Lord, we thank you for the invitation to come. And we tonight would come to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we'll sing again. And I've chosen a psalm from Sing Psalms, Psalm 8. It's on page 7. 
and we'll sing verses 1 to 4 in all the earth O Lord our Lord how glorious is your name for you are set above the heavens your glory and your fame this is our chance to address the living God We're going to read this evening in Revelations chapter 1, the whole chapter, first 20 verses, the whole 20 verses. The Revelation, I remember being corrected in Hyderabad for saying the Revelations, it's a revelation, it's the complete picture, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it, and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ the faithful witness the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of kings on earth to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made as a kingdom priest to his God and Father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever 
Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, was in the island called Patmos, on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. In other words, he was locked up. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna and to Smyrna and to Pergamum and to Thyatira and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me and in turning I saw seven golden lampstands and in the midst of the lampstands one like a son of man clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. And of course what's happening here is it's giving a, an image, it's an impression, it's a vision. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold I am alive forevermore and I have the keys of death and Hades. Write there for the things that you have seen, those that are and those that are to take place after this. As for the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstand, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. And as it said there, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it. For the time is near. So there's a blessing to me and to you from reading this. Let's sing again, this time in the Psalter. It's uh, Psalm 2. And again, it's, it's this idea that since the psalmist was writing you know, a thousand years BC, the heathen have raged against God and against his anointed. But God says, Psalm 2, Why rage the heathen and vain things? Why do the people mind? Kings of the earth to set themselves and princes are combined. Just as I was sharing with you just a couple of minutes ago and just praying, I just had this terrible picture of, can you picture somebody who has consistently, one of your relatives, one of my relatives, or friends who has consistently rejected Christ and are arrogant right up to the point of death. Just think of the panic, the sheer panic on crossing the divide into death the sheer panic of going to hell and you know, it's the enormity of that that Revelation is trying to convey and that's what happens here why rage the heathen and vain things I remember again in days in Hyderabad back in the 80s and the sheer panic when you saw a riot you know, 42 people I remember were killed knifed in the kidneys but you saw the 
panic on people's faces when, when this mob started to come. And so God is saying here that I'm in charge. I decide what happens when. Why rage the heathen and vain things? Why do the people mind kings of the earth? Prime ministers do set themselves and princes are combined to plot against the Lord and his anointed and so on. We'll sing these verses to God's glory.
I thought this evening I would indulge myself and do a sermon on something that I would enjoy and it would be just to take a, a look at Christ and who he is and just to enjoy that one of the things, the issues that we face one of the problems I face is that my view of Christ is always getting smaller I'm always, you know you sometimes hear people say that the greatest thing Christ did was well this is all I have I don't know what else our saviour has got up to this is I don't know I'm not going to be heretical and say what I think nor you but this is all I know I know the fantastic things that are in this but who knows what he is like and our knowledge of him is always in danger of diminishing getting smaller and of course that is the case you know you go you go to the office or you go anywhere you you watch tv they all think because the church numbers are dwindling that christ is getting smaller you know all these people think that they can be smarter tougher but it doesn't change who Christ is and brothers and sisters there is always a great danger that we could be in need well we could be in need of expanding our view of Christ and that's what I want to do for my own soul today eh, because this is the gospel age and God has said God has said let all my angels let all the angels worship him I want you angels to worship my son so the gospel age particularly is a time for worshipping Christ and so we, we see that where God is the father has said I will give you a name that is above all other name I will give you authority I will make you into, into the judge it's you your task is to judge the nations the lamb will be the judge and to you I will give the nations and so there is this focus on Christ. Just this afternoon I was looking at my notes and, and just that prayer, as you know it in, in John 17. Father, just I had never seen this before. Father, glorify me with the glory I had with thee before the world began. 17 verse 5. And then 17, I think it's verse 24. Father, so Father, please glorify me. Please, I, I long to go back to where I was, where to see it. And then he says later on, Father, I want those that thou hast given me to see my glory. So glorify me, but I want the peoples to see this glory. And so, you know, one of the dangers we face as evangelicals, it's, it's a huge danger. And that is because we so often focus rightly on the crucified Christ, which is enormous, huge, glorious. But we can be in danger 
almost, we don't have one here, but almost by leaving Christ on the cross, of having a crucifix, and all you ever think of is this weakened, broken Christ. And so one, I don't know if that makes sense, but always focusing, when we were in India, one of the great games, and it's, it was always fun, eh, the, the, the children eh, fly kites, and so they get these enormous lengths of string, and what you do is you get glass, crush the glass into fine, fine fragments, mix it with glue, and then where the string meets your kite, you put the glass on it. And then when you're flying your kite, and somebody else is flying their kite, the game is to, as soon as your kite crosses their kite, you go, zoop! And their kite flies away. And everybody, including my children, will go running for the kite. And you try and capture. But this is... And these, the length of string is enormous. You know, it's huge. It's hundreds of metres long. But so often when those strings would come down, there'd be one little knot in 200 metres. And brothers, sisters... Sometimes we as evangelicals, we look at the knot. We look at 33 years. We look at the eternal God who became man. Because it's all we have to go on in the, in the New Testament. But we sometimes get so obsessed with the knot that we don't see the eternity of our Saviour the magnitude of our Saviour. And we don't get to enjoy that. I'm not saying we shouldn't look at the knot. Okay, or I'll get thrown out. But brothers, sisters, you seeing and enjoying Christ in all his glory. And so let's do that this evening. Let's, let's look at you know, before creation, at creation, and then at his ascension, which we'll see from, from Revelation, as we say it. So, let's look at before creation, when God... And I, you'll just have to use your imagination. Inspired by scripture, hopefully. But if you can go back in time to when there was no creation, when there was just the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's where Jesus says, And now, Father, glorify me with the glory I had with thee before the world began. And you can see that Christ is wanting to see that experience. And it's, uh, he was daily the Father's delight. John 1.18, he was at the Father's side. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so, if you could come, you know, if you in your imagination, or me in my imagination, could come and see, if we could see the invisible, if we could see Christ, by the Father and the Holy Spirit, side by side, and it, so you could, if we could see him invisible, it'd be very difficult for us to ever think of him being different, from him not being the image of the invisible God. It's little wonder that he would say to, was it to Philip, he that's seen me has seen the Father. Because this is what he was. It, it would be a, he was the exact, Hebrews 1, 3, he was the exact 
exact representation of his being. There was the, can you spot the difference in the triune God? You, you can't. And so it, it would be impossible for him to be unlike the Father. How could, if we were back there, how could he become a man? How could the, don't talk nonsense, how could the immortal become mortal? Are you telling me that the Creator, are you really telling me the Creator could become a creature? I find that impossible. If I could take you there, what beauty, what glory, what majesty, what power of the Son of God. Or if we would move forward into the creation, you know, when there was nothing and we went back to those first six days and we saw the sun, the moon and the stars spring into being. We heard, listen, listen, let there be light. And there was light. I would love to have seen him driving back the oceans. Without him was not anything made that was made. He made it all. And just to see the, this little earth being hung and then turned. To him the nations are just a drop in the bucket. They're, they're nothing. And so uh, it would be wonderful to see the son whom you worship in action. I would just... Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see it? You, um, fantastic. I would love to see... You know, you've got this firmament idea where the ocean is there. And suddenly he, he says, Right, let's take this and let's put it up in the sky. Wow! Just like that. And this is the sun who we worship. This, this is what he's like. You know, uh, uh, it, would, it would be dishonouring. I couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. How could I ever give that one the name Jesus? It, it just wouldn't be possible. And, and can you imagine if an angel came and said, this one, this one will go to earth become a man suffer on the cross be put to death by wicked and even evil men you and I would have said impossible impossible his name is wonderful <coughs> counsellor the mighty God the everlasting father the prince of peace that is not possible from what I can see from what who I can see I just can't believe that that could happen. It will happen. No, I can't believe it. And this is what his name is. So the invisible one, the invisible one became known as the Messiah. And if you would go back there where he was daily the Father's delight, the one who was the Father's delight became known as the man of sorrows and acquainted 
with grief. And so, you know, one of the things, brothers and sisters, and I, as I say, I say this for my own soul, who do I worship? Do I worship the Christ of the BBC? Do, do I just worship the Christ that Peter scolded? Do I just worship the Christ that the Jews despised? Do I just worship the Christ that my friends ignore? Or is this the Christ that we worship? You know, you can picture Pilate judging him. You would have no authority. Little man, you would have no authority if it wasn't given to you. You just don't understand. And so, this is the Christ. But if I could take you forward as as we move on to before and after his ascension. So I'm trying to, there's the knot. And I'm trying to look there. But if we could take you to to before and after his ascension. There's a great comparison because you've got it in you've got it in Acts chapter one, and you've got it in Revelation, as as we read, that's why I chose that part of Revelation. And you've got one picture from earth of Christ. And that's why Revelation, brothers, this is so important. I, I, I didn't, you probably noticed it as I was reading it. I hadn't. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his, his servants the things that must soon take place, he made it known by saying, This is the revelation. This is what he wants us to see. Brothers, sisters, we need to be re- reading the revelation. But if you, can I give, show you the contrast? The danger David suffered from is of the first. And that is, here's John and the other disciples, the other ten or more. And they they go out, Acts chapter 1, verses 8, 9, 10, 11. They go out to Bethany. And as he is taken up, he raises his hands and blesses them. And as he's taken up, they look at him. And the word is difficult to translate, but basically they stare at him. And then I think it's two angels come and say, What are you looking at? Why are you staring? And there was no, this was their friend. He's he's gone. This is Jesus, the the person we know, we ate with, we touched. This is, ah, John saw that. But the next time John sees Christ is what we read about this evening. If, if, we, if we look at then I turn to see the voice same person same two people John and Christ but he wants to impress on us brothers sisters tonight this is the Christ this is the revelation of Jesus Christ that we have for us this evening then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me and in turning I saw seven golden lampstands and in the midst of the lampstands one like a son of man clothed with a long robe the hairs of his head were white his eyes were like a furnace his feet were like burnished bronze refined in a furnace and his voice was like the roaring of many waters in his right hand he held seven stars and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword and his face was like the sun shining in full strength last time I saw him I looked at him stared at him 
What are you staring at? When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. I cannot look. I cannot look. This is too much. And this is the revelation of Christ. This is the Christ you're worshipping. This is why we're here tonight. This is our Saviour. This is who he is. I don't like the word Saviour in this context. He's majestic. Powerful. Yeah, you wouldn't. You would fall. And then, of course, he reaches out his hand and touches him. I think it's verse 18. And when I saw him, I fell. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not. I am the first and the last. Brothers, sisters, be encouraged. Be encouraged. This is the Christ we worship. This is what's revealed for him. And this is what the revelation of Jesus Christ is about. And and when we see it from heaven, when we see what the revelation wants us to see, you see it in Revelation chapter 4 and 5. And so as you look at that, as you see the coronation, the coronation of Christ is there in Revelations 4 and 5. So come with me, with the scriptures, with chapters 4 and 5, and let me take you with me. Because there's a throne. And the throne is someone sitting on it whose colours are like jasper and carnelian. And jasper can have brown, it can even have greens. It's got reds and carnelian. And in front and behind there's a sea of glass. And all around it's a rainbow like a sapphire. And you can see the centre of the throne. But round it, immediately round it, although it's mentioned second, there's four living creatures and there's no mention of thrones. And there's one whose face is like a lion. One whose face is like an ox. One whose face is like uh, an eagle. And one whose face is like a man. And you come, come with me. And, and from the centre of the throne there's great crashes and thunder and lightning. And this is, what, what is this? This is the drama of the coming of the king into this centre. And, and there is John, and he looks, and he sees in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll. And on that scroll are seven seals. It's sealed. And he's asked, one angel, a mighty angel is asked, who can open the scroll? In other words, who can bring history to a conclusion? There's seven seals. And John looks round. And there is no one that can bring this horrible world to an end. But then the angel says, stop weeping. The lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. He can take the scroll and bring history to its conclusion. John looks and looks for a lion big but it's a lamb as if it's been slain 
that comes in to the context and uh, I hadn't seen it again till this afternoon uh, that uh, weep no more behold the lion of the tribe of Judah and when he went uh, I saw the lamb standing there I hadn't seen before that he had the lamb you know, most of our, many of us are from farming backgrounds and many times I've picked up a dead lamb and realised it was still alive you know when you, you check its chest and you just see wow there's, there's an element there's a life there and you bring it and so John sees a, expecting a lion sees a lamb ah but this lamb has seven horns and seven eyes and you know that throne around that throne are these four living creatures that I mentioned and they're covered with eyes in front and back and even under their wings and around the throne there are 24 elders they've got crowns and they're dressed in white and so that's the picture uh, that is there and the living creatures chapter 4 verse 8 never stop saying holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty and when they sing that the 24 elders fall down you are worthy our Lord and God to receive glory and honour and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and have their being and then when the lamb enters in chapter 5 it's interesting how if you look at chapter 4 everything is said when you get into chapter 5 everything's sung I don't know if you've been I'm sure many of you have been to Hamden yeah and you, or Murrayfield maybe more a maybe you're a posher lot than going to Hamden but a uh, but you go to Murrayfield a uh, and or Hamden for me at least and you find somebody starts singing and then somebody else starts singing and with a little while there's a whole row of them waving their flags and singing and heaven just bursts into song and the elders and the creatures fall down before the lamb are you getting the message are you getting what Revelation is trying to tell us? You are worthy to take, in, to take the scroll and open the seals because you were slain and by your blood you have purchased men by your blood you have purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom of priests to serve our God and they will reign on earth this is what you've done and the whole place and it says 10,000 times 10 do you see the crowd over there do you hear them can you hear them 10,000 times 10,000 angels are singing worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise and they almost run out of words. And when they do that, every creature, every creature in heaven and on earth singing to him who sits upon the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honour and glory and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures, can you see them? Say, Amen. And the elders fall down and worship what a great place to be 
Brothers, sisters, I don't know if you've sometimes, like me, had small thoughts on Christ. But that's why Revelation was written. This is who he is. Yes, study the knot. But don't forget his majesty. We have someone who's worthy to be worshipped. There's few of us. So let's give him all the praise, all the worship. Our Saviour. I find hard to use the word Saviour on a night like this. Our majestic God. Our awesome Son. The majesty in heaven. The lion of the tribe of Judah. The lamb that will judge the nations. Can you see every knee bow? Can you see that little fellow who was so arrogant to Christ on the front seat? Fall down as though dead. This is our Christ. And so brothers, sisters, we are blessed. We are blessed. And so we willingly call him Saviour as well. Amen. Enjoy who he is. We'll finish our service. And we are going to sing in Psalm 93 in the Scottish Psalter, verses 1 to 5. The Lord doth reign. Please, brothers, sisters, sing it every word with meaning. The Lord doth reign, and clothed is he with majesty most bright. His works do show him clothed to be, and girt about with might. So shall we sing these verses to God's praise and enjoy him.
I just wondered as we were singing that whether I could read a portion of scripture to which the living creature said Amen and anyone who feels free can join us in saying Amen. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honour and glory and blessing. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honour, glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, 